Alright guys, again, if you don't have a Bible, we got Bibles back here. If you want to read along with the scripture today. Guys, I am so uh, incredibly happy to be back here here at uh, Corpus, here back in town. Uh, but, you know, we had great homecoming when we came back into town. We got to see our kids again, got to see our families again. But the one thing that I was really excited about was get to see you guys again. So I'm happy to be back here at Impact City, here with my church family, because quite frankly, I missed you guys. I think me and Jay got really personal here a minute ago with coffee. But you know, I really think that we really, uh, we were on that level. I really, I mean, uh, I mean, seriously, I was reading up on Facebook a little bit. I was trying not to stay on Facebook, but I was reading up on just some of the things you guys were doing with uh, house cleaning and medication and stuff like that. And I was kind of like, oh, I want to be there. You know, but thank you guys for allowing me and Sarah to just get away and just kind of be ourselves and kind of turn off ministry for a second. And literally, it was just a second we turned it off because, you know, we got there, we started talking to people and you know, we're doing ministry again. So, um, we did a lot of great things. Uh, if you go up to San Antonio, uh, I recommend you stay at a bed and breakfast. Uh, big fancy hotels are nice, but literally, a bed and breakfast was super awesome. Just a lot more romantic. A lot more cooler than that. Uh, stay on the river walk. That's really awesome. You can walk anywhere. Don't eat at La Paloma. That is my bad plug for the sermon. Okay, so eat at Tony Roma's because God made beef and beef is awesome and you get the beef ribs. Holy cow, it's like awesomeness in your mouth. So do that and have a good time at Tony Roma's. Uh, we went over to the Japanese tea gardens. If you haven't been there, it's breathtaking. So go there. That's a really awesome thing. Went to uh, Brackenridge Park, just kind of walked around. Uh, we saw a movie, saw The Fast Six, and we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, talking about The Fast Six kind of reminds me, I want to talk to the warrior princesses here. As you guys know, we're going through Warrior, and this is not the last week, but next week will be the last week of Warrior. So before we get out, I want to ask the warrior princesses here, what are you more attracted to when you look at a, at a man, as a warrior? Do you want a man that's more um, uh, just... Passive, kind of, kind of, eh, I don't even know an actor who's kind of passive nowadays. Just think like the scrawniest, just kind of passive, kind of go-as-you-will actor that you can think about. Or do you want a, a really passionate actor, uh, you attract to a passionate man? I'm talking about like the guys from the Avengers, you know, or even uh, we saw uh, uh, Olympus Has Fallen with Gerald Butler. I mean, that dude was a total B.A., and that guy is awesome, you know? And so you're looking at all these great guys, okay? And then we saw Fast Six, and so you got Paul Walker, you got The Rock, okay? And you got Vin Diesel and all these guys. And it's just, it's crazy how you can have a really passionate, awesome guy, or you can have, you know, a real passive, kind of melancholy type of guy all the time. And we were, I remember we were watching you in the movie. Have you seen, have y'all seen Fast Six yet? Have y'all seen it already? Okay, one, I won't ruin it for everyone, but um, we're, we're watching the movie. There's a scene where everything's on fire, you know, it's all on flames, and here comes Vin Diesel, he's walking out, and I'm sitting in the theater, I hear this word, oh, dang. And I look over, and Sarah's just, like, staring. I'm like, oh, I never, I haven't got it. I thought it was someone else, and it's Sarah's, dang. And I'm like, what the heck, man, you know? So what I do, I did. I set a bunch of fields on fire, and I walked out of the field. And no, and, and so here's the thing. Women, be honest, you're more interested in the passionate man, right? I'm talking about the guy. I mean, like in the whole movie, Vinny was like, he's like, he's always driving the car. He's like, this is what we do. And this, 
we drive cars and we're like, this is where family, it's about family and my Kobe's family. The whole movie's like, he's got this passion about his people, his family, and this is what he does. He's got this, this passion about it. A lot of people think he's got passion about something else. You know, I got passion in my pants and I ain't afraid to show it. You know, and so he's got this passion and he's really involved and really into what he, he's in tune to what he wants. Okay, and, and, and that's what, honestly, that's what you want, right? Women, men, that's what they need, okay? They don't want the passive man, they want the passionate man. I was in, um, in, at the mall in, in the San Antonio, and I saw a sign for proactive, the pimple cream stuff, and it said, um, um, I'm not passive, I'm proactive. And I was like, that's really awesome. I'm not passive, I'm proactive. And so this is what women want, and I'm so happy that, that you guys are on the same level as me, because that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the passionate warrior. Uh, Jake, can you reach around and just kind of press that next button? Um, we're talking about the passionate Warrior and what it means to be a warrior that actually has a passion, someone who cares about the um, just the responsibilities in his life, someone who actually cares about his family, actually cares about the things that matter most in his life. Thank you, Jay. Thank you. And so we're going to talk about that today. And so the problem is though, with the passionate warrior is that it's really awesome to be a passionate warrior. It's really it's a lot of work to be a passionate warrior, and a lot of times there is an enemy out there who tries to distract us from being that passionate warrior. That's what I want to talk about today. So if you take taking notes, if you just kind of uh, write them down on your iPhone or whatever, the uh, warrior who abandons his cause will become passive. The warrior who abandons his cause will become passive. We all need to have a cause to fight for. We talked about that in week one of Warrior. And what I want you guys to do is kind of picture a pendulum swinging on the clock, and that's going to kind of be our metaphor today. And the passive warrior can swing to one way or, or another. And this is one way, this is one direction for that pendulum. That if you take your mind off of your cause, you can become really passive about things. A.K.A. if you become distracted, you can become passive. Okay, y'all know the story of Adam and Eve? And the story of Adam and Eve, first two people in the world, on the garden, everything's going good. What does God say? You need to lay some ground rules down. So they have, okay, okay, your job here, name all the animals. Kick an awesome job they have, okay, name the animals, okay? It's like elephant, you know? And so he gets the job of naming the animals, and then he goes around and God says, okay, care for the land, take care of it. Do whatever you need to do to care for the land. So he's out there doing his thing, right? Then he gives Adam and helper, right? And so he gives him Eve, right? I know Eve, first woman ever, and he tells Adam and Eve, all right, people, have fun. Be fruitful, multiply, get jiggy with it, do your thing, have a good time, just go out and do your things. And then he gives them one more rule. He says, and whatever you do, do not eat of the fruit of the center tree in the middle of the garden, the tree of knowledge. Don't, don't, don't eat that fruit. You can eat any other fruit you want, just don't eat that fruit. And the way the story goes, Genesis 3 and verse 1, if you're there, you want to turn to it, or I'll read through it real quick. Genesis 3, verse 1. He starts talking, and, and he was walking in, in the woods one day. She's out there in the garden. Everything's great. It's lovely, right? And she happens upon a snake. And this is where it picks up. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest and of all the wild animals of the Lord that the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say that you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? So right away he's already lying to her. He's like, God never said that. God said not to eat the fruit from that one tree, all right? So he's already starting to lie to Eve. 
Eve says this. says, of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees and from the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat or even touch it. Because if you do, you will die. Okay? And so the, the servant starts lying again and says, man, you ain't going to die. You're going to die. He says, God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be a lot like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. He said, right away, you see temptation. Not only hitting her once, but coming back and hitting her again. And it's a lot like us. We get tempted, and we might win that first battle, okay? But again, temptation comes again, and you might fall back into it the second time. Or the third time. It might take a while, but this is what happened with Eve. She was tempted. She said no. She's good. She had a good day. She probably went to church that day. Everything's going great. She probably read her Bible that day. And then here comes temptation again. And she's like, oh, okay, let me just give in this time. Okay? So she gives in and says, the woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful. And she looked. And the fruit looked delicious. Sin never looks ugly. Sin always looks attractive to us. Okay, so just keep that in mind. If you see something that's not attractive, you're not going to do it. But sin is always the most beautiful, attractive thing in our mind. It's what we think. Okay, it's deception as well. She saw the tree was beautiful and the fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. She wanted to be more like God. You guys, listen. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. Okay, now here's a trick question for you guys. Who... Ate the fruit first. Who sinned first? Come on, give it back to me. Come on. Eve. 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 So we get the, the, the word evil. Women are evil. Okay? Okay, just guys, remember that Eve, evil. Okay? So she ate the fruit first. Okay, but let me let me ask you this. Her sin was disobeying God eating the fruit. What was Adam's sin? You know Adam sinned right here too. Like the moment that that happened, Adam sinned as well. You know that? Did you guys did you guys pick that up? All right, check it out. The Bible doesn't speak directly to it, but if I also have an opinion, I would say that Adam's sin was being distracted and being too passive about it. Because if you look, the scripture says that he was with her. Okay, so I don't know what Adam was doing at the time. I don't know if Eve was talking to the snake. You know, if my wife is with the snake, my focus is on my wife, okay? But he's, she's either talking to the serpent. For one, who the heck talks to a snake, okay? Two, where's Adam? What's he doing? Is he like sitting there, he's all looking at Eve, and he's like, squirrel. And then he starts like looking at the squirrel. He's like, man, that happened to us. We're going to Brackenridge Park, right? And we're walking around the stairs like, look at the beautiful waterfall. It's so lovely. It's so romantic. I'm like, man, that squirrel's got a big freaking tail. Look at that squirrel. Holy cow. Man, and she's like, babe, you are so ridiculous. You know what Adam was doing, okay? Maybe he was too passive, okay? So maybe when the snake was like, nah, he ain't gonna die. Maybe Adam was like, you know, just Looking at the squirrel, and he's like, hey, what do you think about that? Adam is like, yeah, whatever, it's cool. Yeah, it's good. And he's like, well, Adam said it's okay. What Adam should have done was freaking kill the snake right then and there. You know what I'm saying? What Adam should have done was stand upon what he knew was right and say, no, God said not to do that. Eve, I know you're feeling tempted, but I am going to be your man. I'm going to be passionate about what we are called to do here in this garden. God has given us a mission to care for the garden. He and they said not to touch this and we're not going to touch that. Adam became passive because he was distracted. He gave up his cause and he 
walked away. And because of that, his family became sinful. And from now on, we all have a bit of sin in us when we were born because Adam, not Eve, became passive and then made his family right. Men, we are called and passionate and lead our families and do whatever it takes to protect our families. We tend to turn our backs on them. We'll turn our backs on our families. We get distracted. It's a lot like the warriors of uh, Ephraim. It says this in Psalm 78, verse 9. It says, The warriors of Ephraim, though armed with bows, turned their backs and fled on the day of battle. They did not keep God's covenant, and they refused to live by his instructions. They turned their backs. And so, it literally, whenever we turn our backs on our family, it literally looks a lot like this. We just kind of turn our backs on them. And before you know it, we're not even paying attention to what's going on in the room. One of you guys to take a wad of paper and throw it and hit me in the back of the head, and I wouldn't even know anything about it. We become passive. We become passive. You know what? Our kids need to be influenced, but we're too busy doing other things at work to influence our kids the right way. Our family uh, may need direction on, on the major decisions in our family, but we're too busy with our backs turned to really understand what it means to, to do that. Or we're too busy going fishing or something. You may be drowning in debt, and you don't know how to get out of it. Your family's like suffering from it. But you're too busy buying the newest and greatest toy or gadget that you want. Maybe your wife is starving for affection. But you're busy starving yourself to the next NBA playoff game comes around. And ladies and men, listen up. Men, if you're too busy doing that, if you don't love her and treat her with as much love and affection, someone else will. I've seen it time and time again. It sounds like it's coming from a country song, but if you don't love her, someone else will, and she will leave if you do not treat her with love and affection. I've seen it time and time again. Ladies, if that is you and your man is not treating you right, I challenge you to challenge them to step up their game. Okay, so maybe you've turned your back and then your kids are acting all crazy and they're all wild, but you're too lazy to discipline them because you're too busy doing something else. Or maybe your home is falling apart. Maybe you got the shutters falling off and you got this is going on, the toilet doesn't flush, and that's my that's my I gotta like flush the toilet four times I'm too lazy to fix it. You know, but you're too distracted by something else in your life that you're not taking care of your family in your home that your family lives in. And you look a lot like this. Everything going on behind you, and you're too busy looking at something else. Guys, we can't do that. Our family needs our utmost attention all the time. Our family needs us not to be passive when we are distracted. Our family really needs us to be there. This is a very common thing that we do as men. The other side of that pendulum that swings the other way is that when the warrior abandons his cause, he will become abusive. The majority of us men become passive, but there's a lot of us that become abusive. Okay? And so uh, we see this in the Old Testament. Saul becoming jealous of David. Okay, David's good looking. He got more number of kills. Women love him. Okay, and Saul is already, he's already the assassination of David at some point. Okay, but Saul's uh, son Jonathan says, No, don't, don't kill David, it's okay. 
Okay, so Saul's okay for a while, but then after a while, it says here in First Samuel, but Saul sent the troops back to get David. He ordered them, bring him to me, to bring me, bring him to me in his bed so I can kill him. Okay, so Saul was not passive about anything. He was a bit abusive, if you will. I mean, he was always throwing spears at David and stuff. He's been kind of psycho over David. And so we can get like that. We can all get to where we want to be abusive. Saul was distracted from his calling to be king. His calling was to be king, and he got jealous, and he got distracted by David, and so he became abusive to David. And a lot of us get like that. We can get like that. And it all happens like this. You know, we, we get so mad at our spouse. We get so mad at the person we're supposed to love, and before you know, we start saying, well, if you wouldn't be spending so much money on the credit card, you wouldn't be in debt. You know, or you know, you start saying stuff. Well, you know what? Uh, I wish I could find time to work out and go do my thing in the gym. I'm too busy helping you out here in the house because you can't do your job right, woman. Or you say, I wish I can go hunting. Or I wish I can go fishing. I wish I can do something like this for myself, and I can't do it. And it's okay to feel upset about not being able to do things for yourself. We all need to find time to do things for ourselves. But when we start getting better about not doing those things and start getting angry, that's when it can lead to the pendulum swing that's getting abusive. And what I mean by that, it happens slightly. You start name-calling. I'm not about physical and emotional abuse. You start name-calling, you stupid, whatever. And you start cussing at your wife. You start cussing at your girlfriend. You start abusing her emotionally. Oh, you suck. I really wish, and sometimes I wish I was never with you. Or I've heard some guys say, I wish I would have never picked you up on that one night. I wish I would have never given you a ride home. Which is the start of their relationship. Or we'll start being physical. You walk in the hallway, you do a little nudge. Or she comes around and she's crowding you. And you just kind of push her away. Or this one, did you ever just grab her wrist and kind of shake her a little bit? Come on. Yeah. Did you ever get to that point where you get to that, that moment where you just start feeling hurtful? I'll tell you this, guys. God has something different in mind for us warriors. We're not supposed to be fighting against our family. We're supposed to be fighting for our family. Okay? We have a passion in our hearts, and abusiveness and anger can go one way or the other. Look at Jesus in the, when he's in the temple, okay? He walked out a can in the temple. He walked in the temple, his father's house, and he walked in there, there were people selling uh, items, and they're, they're, they're gambling, they're selling things up in, in the church, and he gets mad, and what does he do? Jesus gets croaked, and he goes over there, he starts, he starts turning tables around, he makes a whip like Zorro, he starts going crazy up on them. He started getting abusive, but in the in the good way. He was doing things right. He was fighting for his family, fighting for his cause. You can imagine he was passionate about his cause. Now, what makes us passionate? What makes a man passionate? What makes us the Vin Diesel of our family? Okay. First thing that I want to talk about is we need someone to protect. The passionate warrior needs somebody to protect. Whether it's our family, or if you don't have a family yet, whether it's our, it's our family or our community. The passionate warrior always needs someone to protect. What I want us to do is kind of pray right now about who is it in our lives that we need to protect. Men. Who is it? There is someone in your family, there is someone in your life that you need to step up and man up and protect. 
protect. A passion word always has someone to protect. It's ingrained in all of us. We all have this urge to protect someone. When we're at the Riverwalk, we stay a few uh, blocks away from the like River Center and all the other happening places, right? And we had to like walk up this really desolate part of the river. And I was like, I wish I had my gun. Like I was like, that's what I was thinking. As we're walking back at like 10 o'clock at night, and I'm there, and I'm with my knife, right? I'm like, I got my hand on my knife, I got one hand on the stairway, right? And every guy that's walking by, I'm just staring. I'm like, okay, you gonna strike something, bro? You know? Because I'll be like, I'll throw you in the river. I'll run off like a baby, you know? You know, like, what are, you know, it's, it's embedded in your mind. And man, you know this, that you are embedded in your, in your heart to protect someone. We all have that urge to protect someone. So who is it that you need to protect? Let me ask you this. Who are you willing to go the extra mile for and do whatever it takes to protect? Number one, if you're married, it should be your wife and your kids. If you don't feel that for your wife and your kids, then you might want to check yourself. Okay, if you don't, if you're not married, you don't have wife and kids, whether it's a, a, a father or a mother, sister, brother, someone in your family, maybe it's someone in the community, maybe it's someone you know that doesn't have a mom or a dad, and for some reason you know, maybe you're uh, part of the Casas program, the Big Brother program here, awesome local nonprofits that that hook up uh, kids with no families with, with men and women who. Or single, or, or do you have a family who are willing to take a child in? Who is it that you're willing to fight for? Who is the oppressed? When are we going to see justice in our hearts? Who is it that we're willing to fight for? The second thing that makes us passionate is a warrior must have someone to live for. So we're going to have someone to fight for, and we have someone to live for. Now, living for someone is harder than fighting for someone. Okay, because living for someone literally means that you have to die to yourself daily so you can live for that person. Okay, and so you got to say, my life is not my own. My life is for them. I am living for them. I'm living for my family. I'm living for my kids. And whatever I do, I'm going to do it for them. So I'm going to lead them. I'm going to disciple them. I'm going to set the standards, okay? So it's not going to be just me telling you what to do. I'm going to die to myself. And I'm going to show you through my life and my actions what I want you to do. So it's not do as I say, not as I do. It's do as I do because I said so. And I'm showing you so. And so us men, that might mean that, you know what? Maybe we got to stop cussing. Maybe we got to stop doing that. I always say to myself, check your Facebook account. Is there anything on your Facebook account that you would not want your kids to see or hear or read? Because, you know, it hit me at the time of Richard that one day Ryan's going to get old enough and he's already surfing the internet. He's already on YouTube and stuff, right? He's already looking at videos and stuff. That one day he's going to stumble upon Daddy's Facebook account from 2009 and he's going to see some really bad things on there. Alright? You know, we'll just go delete them. How about you just delete them from your life and stop living like that? Okay, so is there anything in your life that you would not want your kids to mimic? And if it's something that you don't want your kids to mimic, stop doing it and start living it. Okay? You say, oh, if you ever drink, if you ever drink, I'm, I'm going to be so mad. Well, then stop drinking. Okay? Or show them the right way to do that. Prove to them and show them and structure them the right way with responsibilities on how to do those things. Okay? Uh, cussing again. If you don't want to cuss in front of your kids, you don't want your kids to be cussing, stop cussing in front of them. Kids will pick up everything. They're like a freaking tape recorder, man. 
they will pick up everything. The other day I told Sarah something. I said, man, this, oh, this thing's a piece of crap. And Sarah goes, and Sarah goes piece of crap, piece of crap. You know, I was like, no, I can't, oh, I can't say that, you know. And so we all need to just kind of check ourselves and, 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 and see that. What is it in our life that you would not want your kids to do or mimic and then just stop doing that? That's called dying to yourself, okay? A lot of us wish we were back in the day, back when we were younger, back in high school, rolling with the homies, doing the things we used to do, and we're not. We're parents. we got to step up, man, and do the things that we're supposed to do. Uh, 2 Samuel 10, 12 says this, Be of good courage. And let us not be, uh, let us be courageous for our people and for the cities of our God. May the Lord do what it seems good to Him. Guys, we need to step up and we need to be strong and courageous for our family. Even if it means dying to ourselves. The third thing I want to talk about is a warrior. A warrior must have a kingdom to advance. That's the last thing I want to talk about. A warrior must have a kingdom to advance. There's always something to fight for, whether it's. Uh, Someone to fight for or someone to live for, and the world also has to have a kingdom to advance, okay? We're not just lone rangers out there. We're fighting for something. The question is, which kingdom are you fighting for? Are you fighting for your kingdom, or are you fighting for his kingdom, okay? Uh, Luke twelve thirty one says, instead, seek his kingdom, and these things are being added to you. And so we, what we got to realize is, we can build kingdoms, and we can build things, and we can fight for things, but we're building our kingdom, or we're building his kingdom. What does that mean? Uh, in language terms, our career. Are we putting forth into our career what we should be putting forth into God? Our family. Are we building into our family what we really should be building into God's family? Okay? Are we investing the right time with our kids the way that we should be? Are we discipling our kids? Are we discipling our spouses? Man, are we leading our spouses? Or are we just spending time with them? Okay? It really means we need to do it passionately. And we need to have a heart for it. Okay, and so when we're at their table, we're going to say grace. We're going to give God the first things. We're going to start training our kids up in the Lord. Okay, we're going to start teaching forgiveness, and we're going to start giving, teaching them mercy and grace. We're going to start leading our wives and showing them love and showing them unconditional love the way the Father has shown us. So, so when we screw up and we mess up, and us men, we do mess up. We pray to God that they understand grace that they're able to forgive us. Okay, is this easy? No, but no war is ever easy. We are warriors, not passive men. I want to say a little bit about this uh, San Antonio trip again, um, because I kind of fell into this uh, category. We were up there. We literally went up there to have the best time of our lives. And for the most part, we had a good time. But whenever we removed the stress of, of church, we removed the stress of uh, just ministering, the stress of raising our kids, and the stress of, bit of the job, and the stress of all the other responsibilities we have, we realize one thing, is that when it's just me and Sarah, we don't know each other where we should know each other. And I say this to men as a warning. We need to pursue our wives passionately like we used to. Tell you what, Sarah and I got married young, we had kids young, and for the longest time, all we know how to do is run a church and run our family. But when it comes to pursuing each other, it was a rude awakening that I am so far down the ladder where I should be and being romantic and being passionate about her. And I say this with just honesty and a little bit of humbleness that 
I was challenged this weekend, this whole week. I was challenged to step it up. I was challenged. I realized that I didn't plan anything. I just to go to San Antonio. She's like, well, did you plan anything? I'm like, we're here. She's like, no, did you plan anything? I'm like, well, what do you want to do? No, babe, did you? Like, you know, did, are we passionately pursuing our wives and our, our, our spouses and, 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 and the people that we love, our family? And I realized I wasn't. And so I give this as a warning to y'all. Get away, just you and her, and realize and start learning how to pursue them. And then during the week, pursue them as if you don't have them. I have been distracted and became passive in my walk with my family. Became distracted by job, became distracted by Impact City. I have a mistress in Impact City that takes up a lot of my time with my wife. And I'm realizing that early on in this church plan. And I'm so thankful I realized it now and out later. That if I don't start doing something to change my ways, if I don't start uh, dying to myself, if I don't start saying no to a couple of things, and if I don't start asking people to help more, I'm going to lose both my mistress and I'm going to lose my wife and my family. So men, what is it in your life that has been distracting you? And why aren't you pursuing your wife this the same passion? If you are pursuing your wife with passion, God bless you. Teach me. Come talk to me. I need some counseling like that. Okay? Teach me how to be a uh, Romeo or something. Okay? But what are we doing to passionately pursue our families, passionately die to ourselves, and passionately lead and disciple them? Let's pray. Men and women, both warriors and warrior princesses, as we're praying today, uh, may God reveal to us, may God may please reveal to us things that are most important, the things that are necessary, the things that are important now. God, may we learn to die to ourselves, and may you show us those things that we need to walk away from. God, may you send to our hearts a sense of maturity. God, may you send to our hearts a sense of responsibility. God, may you send to our hearts a passion for our family, a passion to be the men that we need to be, to be the mothers and the fathers and the warriors and the warrior princesses that we need to be to fight for our family, to fight against ourselves, to fight against flesh and blood, to lead the family that you have given us. God, may we never become distracted and become passive against things. God, may we never become distracted and become abusive against the things that we love. God, may you show us who to fight for. God, may you show us who to live for. And God, may you show us who we need to die for. May you send to our hearts that passion today. That passion can only come with the relationship with you, Lord. A personal walk with you that says, I surrender to myself and I hold you at the utmost high in my life. And whatever it is, Lord, that you request from me, whatever it is, Lord, that you want me to do, I do it with obedience because I trust in you, Lord. When we open our hearts to that relationship today, maybe you strayed away from that relationship. Maybe it was something that was given to you when you were younger. And you've walked away from it. You haven't really, really nailed it down since then. Yeah, may you, may you have the confidence to come back to the cross and to the loving of Christ. 
Maybe you never had that relationship before. Maybe it's been kind of a brokenness in your heart, but you never really, you never really knew what it was. You just know there was something missing. You can't seem to get it on, on your life on straight. But I tell you today, there is a community and there is love within the body of Christ. And you accept Jesus Christ today. And then you say to yourself, I want something more. I'm a screw up. I can't do this on my own. God, please come, help me, direct me, and lead me to be the person that you want me to be. To be the warrior that I need to be for you, Lord. Guys, Jesus paid it all for everything. All of our sins, all of our iniquities, everything that, is ever, that we've ever done, everything that we're going to do. So why not accept that it's free? Why not accept that and run with it? Why not take that? He doesn't give us any reason not to. Guys, He has died for us so that we can live, so that we can lead, so we can be passionate, passionate warriors for our family. To Christ, we pray. Amen. Y'all be safe.